Peace and blessings be upon you. Welcome to the Ta'lif Podcast, a space where we aim to provide content and connect our spiritual hearts with community, love, service, and prophetic wisdom. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We are gathered for our class, the uh, prophetic narrative, the compendium of the prophetic narrative by our Sheikh Sheikh Zamira Azayed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to ennoble her face and raise her rank and grant her paradise. And with that, inshallah, we recite Surah Fatiha as a gift for her and, and as a result of gratitude for this uh, great gift that she's left us with at Fatiha. With that, inshallah, let's start with our translated intention of Imam al-Haddad. Uh, please, you know, repeat after me in your own homes. I intend to learn and to teach, to benefit and to be benefited, to remind and to be reminded, to call to the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to guide and to be guided by sound proof and correct knowledge, to seek the countenance of my Lord, nearness to him and his reward. Ameen, Allahumma, Ameen. So with that being said, uh, also we're here by the intention to expose ourselves to the mercy of Allah, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to illuminate our hearts, to expand us, that he may increase us in proximity to him as well as in proximity to the messenger of Allah والسلام, that we may implement his sunnah, that we may be illuminated by the light of Allah We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who have success in dunya wa akhirah and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would make us amongst those that are beloved to him, amongst those who are able to enter into genital for those in Allah with us and our entire families until yawm qiyamah. Uh, with that being said, I want to uh, start off tonight, inshallah, we're actually discussing one of the most important events uh, in Islamic history, and that is Fath Mecca. And subhanAllah, last time that we were together, we discussed the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, subhanAllah, where, where there were so many wonderful things and, of course, miracles that happened with the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that were almost veiled. And we had spent some time last week discussing about how the Treaty of Hudaybiyah initially seemed like it was going to be, uh, you know, that it was that it was heavily on the side of the, of the disbelievers, that it was heavy on the side of the Quraysh and that it didn't favor the Muslims at all. It was something that was seen as something that did not uh, look like that it was going to progress the Muslims forward, but it, it seemingly on the outside looked as if it was going to do the exact opposite, that the Muslims were put in a compromising position. But yet, subhanAllah, under the leadership of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he was able to kind of, kind of calm the hearts of the Muslims and to let them know, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that everything for the believer, even when seemingly somewhat of a defeat or seemingly a setback, 
uh, that it still is something that Allah Ta'ala would use. It would almost be like a springboard, right? That you're jumping down or like you're, you're springboarding into uh, something greater, that it would always be a means of, of benefit for the believers. And that is the exact case uh, here, right? With the Treaty of Hudaybiyah is that subhanallah uh it was actually something that that uh as we mentioned last week became you know became a means by which islam even continued to spread during this time of peace and it was initially for the period of two uh ten years however it only lasted for two and it only lasted for two years and a lot of it has to do with the fact, of course, that uh, who broke the treaty, right? The, tr the truce of Hudaybiyah uh, was broken on the side of the Quraysh as a result of, of them trying to be uh, somewhat one of the um, one of the agreements was that they would be able to make allies with whomever they chose, right? That each side would be able to make allies, basically make a relationship of, of uh, agreement, a, a strong relationship to kind of strengthen their ties. And this period of peace was meant to kind of strengthen that so that people would uh, feel somewhat of an inclination, you know, towards one side or the other because of this, this kind of peace existed there. There's not this, this force. And so that peace actually allowed uh, for a lot of those relationships, those, you know, the relationships of allyship to actually be strengthened and as well as to be tested in terms of what side did you wish to be on. And so subhanAllah and the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. So uh, long story short, Bani Bakr attacked Bani Khuzah. And while they were asleep, Right, that this was so one aspect, one who was an ally of the Quraysh, who had pretty much sided with the Quraysh, had attacked one of the allies of the Muslims, of the Prophet وسلم, and the community of Medina. And while it was a surprise attack, they had not been provoked. Uh, they for the, you know, uh, basically the the disbelievers at this point had, you know, decided like we want to actually use this as an opportunity in order to, uh, you know, to launch a surprise attack in order to, they thought that they would be able to make some gains, right? And so Ben Bakr attacked Ben Khuzat while they were asleep. And Ben Khuzat, subhanAllah, ran to the Kaaba, right? Ran to the Kaaba in order to kind of seek shelter, in order to seek uh, a refuge. And subhanAllah, while they were seeking refuge, some of the Quraysh used that as an opportunity to actually uh, help, right, Bani Bakr. So instead of protecting Bani Khuzat and, and saying, okay, we're under a period of truce, we're under a period of, of peace, and using it as the opportunity to, to stop Bani Bakr from their aggression, instead, some of the Quraysh actually armed, armed, uh, Bani Bakr, in addition to some of them actually took lives from Bani Khuzah. 
and subhanallah, Matt, they were actually, some of them were actually killed in the sacred territory. Now, as this is going on, subhanallah, this, this surprise attack, they, and they do this again, as I mentioned, while they were asleep, this is, they're trying to do this under the cover of darkness, right? But subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lets us know exactly who the Prophet وسلم, is and Allah's relationship with the Messenger of Allah, because even something that's done in darkness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is literally going to bring it, right, to the Messenger of Allah and let it be known to him. And that is exactly what happened, subhanAllah. So now, of course, this is the, the Quraysh have officially broken the truce, right? They have just broken the truce. And uh, alhamdulillah, at this, at this time, the Prophet وسلم, uh, is in the home of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala an. And as, she's in the, as he's in the home of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala an, uh, he, he has this overwhelm, he has this feeling, right? He has this feeling like something actually has gone wrong. Right? If something has gone wrong. And so during uh, this moment, he leaves and he goes, uh, he goes out and he's sitting um, amongst a group of his companions. And when he's in this group, subhanAllah, of course, someone comes and reports to the Prophet وسلم, what has, he hasn't given the full details, right? They haven't uh, given some of the full details. When the, when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is, is then approached, right? Like after the fighting had ceased, after this whole attack had happened, they went and sought refuge at the Kaaba. Then they were assisted by the Quraysh. At that point, when the fighting had ceased, Amr bin Salim al Khuza'ah set out with 40 riders, right? He went out with 40 riders of Khuza'ah. Um, and subhanAllah approached until they met the Prophet in Medina and they told him what happened, right? They told him what happened and they're asking the Prophet for assistance. Like this is our situation and Ya Rasulullah we need your assistance. Now, this had, uh, in, in asking the Prophet this, it's also calling on, this is a, a moment where we begin to see the truthfulness as well as the, the altruism of the Messenger of Allah, because he could have, you know, just recognized that there had been a long-standing uh, battle between uh, Bani Bakr and Bani Khuza'ah. For a long time, they had already, um, you know, been in... in uh, been enemies to each other and so using someone could have said well you're you know you're using us in order to kind of uh fan this flame fan this flame but the prophet وسلم, of course is 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 as Siddiq. He is the one who is truthful to his word. And so it's not only, of course, um, directly about himself, but also to keep his word, right? That whoever we have entered into an agreement with on both sides, right? That, and this shows that this begins to show the justice of the Prophet وسلم, in this moment. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting like, to show justice in a moment 
of war, right? And to show justice in the moment of peace. And will you only be just on your side? What does that justice also look like on the other side? And so for there to be this balance, right? And so for the Prophet Wasallam, he, he understood that those that he had entered into an agreement with, in terms of those that he would also help to protect that he would come to their aid, that he would come to um, their assistance when they were in trouble, recognizing, of course, this would only strengthen their bonds and, of course, be a means by which uh, they were called to Islam. And subhanAllah, uh, when they came, right, when they came, uh, this, this began to kind of ignite this feeling of justice inside the messenger of Allah and as soon as they described uh, just a little bit of what had occurred, he told them what, you, what you're asking for, you shall be granted. What you're asking for, you shall be granted. The Prophet وسلم, returns back to the home of Aisha and when, they, when he returns back to the home of of uh, Aisha sees the state of the messenger of Allah and she's curious and she wants to know like Ya Rasulullah she, she just kind of launches in and is there is is everything okay and the Prophet just kind of hints to her uh, what has happened to Bani Khuzak and she and Aisha knowing and this is important because Aisha uh, is is a known uh, historian. She knows the history of the Arabs. She knows, uh, you know, their genealogy. She knows all the stories of their battles and their alliances and how they got to be who the people, uh, who they are and how they ended up settling into certain lands and who had relationships with who. Even knowing their their poetry, knowing the details, you know, that what happens is poetry begins to tell the the story of those relationships. And so even Aisha is shocked. She says, Ya Rasulullah, would the Quraysh break their treaty? Would they, would they break the agreement between us? Like we're only two years in, right? After we're two years in into a 10 year agreement, would they risk breaking it? And the Prophet actually says, right? He says to her um, that they will break the contract for a matter which Allah wills. Meaning, and this, this statement is so heavy right? because what the Prophet is, is letting us know, what he's teaching us um, as, as in, in his community is that there are moments, again, that seem as moments of difficulty, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually using it. Like this is even this, even them breaking the treaty. Although, of course, it's it's on it's on them, right? Of course, they are the ones responsible for it. They acted upon it, but Allah Azawajal allowed it to occur so that something greater could occur, right? That Allah Ta'ala allows it to happen. Right, he doesn't so that something subhanallah, uh, you know, so that that ultimately now what get what gets revealed in that? There's there's a in the moment when something breaks, right? If you can imagine literally something breaks and splits open, now you're able to see the contents that are inside of it. And so in the moment of this 
uh, seemingly, you know, treaty, this truce, this togetherness, when it breaks, we're able to see two things. We're able to see, as I mentioned, the altruism of the Prophet We're able to see his, his truthfulness, his siddiq. And this siddiq is also towards those who are Muslim and not Muslim, right? That he honors his, that he is truthful to his word, that he is honorable. And we're also able to see that those who were disbelievers, that how weak they were at upholding their word, that they're not people of ikhlas, that they're not people of ihsan, that they weren't people of truthfulness. And given the, mo the moment or the opportunity where you know, they would be tested, so how they would act upon it. And they, they do it in such a sneaky way, in such a, in such a treacherous way. They don't honor their agreements. Right? They don't honor their agreements. And this is something, of course, that is a, a big lesson uh, for any Muslim in saying that, I, that we have to be truthful to our word truthful in our word and truthful in our speech, that this is a part of our deen. You know, if we give our word to someone, Muslim or non-Muslim, right, and, uh, and we make an agreement, we stick to it. And the quality of, of not sticking to our word is not a quality, subhanAllah, of uh, the believers. This is not a quality of the believers. And so with that being said, uh, the Prophet is, is now, and, and he recognizes like the opportunity of Allah. That's what I want to say is that um, when he says that Allah has allowed this to happen, right? They've broken the, he, they've broken it, but Allah has a plan. He says to Aisha, and Aisha says, khair, khair, khair. <laughs> right? She's like, oh, it's good, then it's going to be good. If Allah, if, if the Prophet وسلم, if the Messenger of Allah has confirmed that this is ultimately something that Allah uh, has is, is granting as an opportunity to the believers, then it's going to be good, that it's going to be khair. And so the Prophet وسلم, enters into a, a, a moment of, of course, uh, you know, this is a big deal. And so he immediately seeks refuge in his Lord. He immediately takes that moment instead of saying, that's it, right? That's it. Like, yes, immediately, subhanAllah. Ah, he takes this moment to reflect. He knows he has to go, subhanAllah, talk to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I want to also speak to those who were, who ran to the Kaaba, right? Bani Khuzak, as a result of being attacked. Uh, they run to the Kaaba uh, because now it's been two years, right? And so they only agreed that no one could come to the Kaaba for one year, that they would be able to enter. That was a part of the agreement. They would be able to enter uh, at the next year. And so Bani Khuzat runs to the Kaaba, seeks refuge, subhanAllah. And while some of them are actually, uh, were in Ruku, some of them were in Sajda, some of them were in the middle of Salah, right? They were in the middle of prayer when they were, uh, when they were killed. 
And at this time, subhanAllah, the messenger of Allah, والسلام, you know, did two things. The first thing is he went into this, this khalwa with Allah, subhanAllah, this moment of like, let me uh, reflect, let me pray. In addition to, uh, he sends out a messenger in order to go confirm, right? Alhamdulillah, look at this. He's like, yes, I know. Right, I believe you. He believes Amr bin Salim, he believes him, but he he there's a confirmation of it. Let's be sure. Let there be a confirmation of another of, of someone else. Let it not only be on the, the word of someone. Of course, we want to rule out all uh you know all possibilities of uh treachery and and um treason and to rule out all possibilities of hypocrisy but also so that it's not upon the word of one person and again even though Amr comes with 40 writers the prophet them sends a man to mecca to get confirmation right to get this confirmation um and sure enough the reply you know the uh it, it's known right that yes they had done exactly Right, they had done exactly as Amr bin Salim had said, and uh, the Prophet them then goes and he stays in the house of of Maymuna. Right? He spends the night in the home of Maymuna bin Harith, and while he was in her home that night, she reports that the Prophet them uh, very intensely and intentionally he goes to make wudu right like he wants to go and he wants to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and she when she hears him in the late night right when she hears him in this uh, moment of qiyam layn and he's making wudu she hears subhanallah the, the voice of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying la bank la bank the bank right saying here i am and so uh, this term, the bank, is we we're used to it. Of course, when we're going to make Hajj, we're going to make Umrah. Uh, that this term, the bank, is a, a word that's actually used um, when when literally by servants. When a servant is called, right by uh, you know by their master, for lack of a better word, when a servant is called, they answer the bank. Right, like here I am at your service. Like there's a there's a quickness to it. And so for the seemingly Maimuna, uh, she doesn't see, she doesn't see, of course, you know, who the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, she's not a witness to the ghaib. She just hears the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam repeat this three times, right? And she knows, okay, he's, he's in commune right, with that, which is beyond what she's able to see or what she's able to witness. Uh, and so and the prophet, when he makes this call, right, when he makes this answer, sorry, this reply, the bake three times, she knows, right? She becomes, there's this, this deep sense of like, Okay, something is is going to happen, right? And then the Prophet says, like the help is near, right? Help is near. Help is near. Um, and when he he says this also three times, the bake, the bake, the bake, here I am at your service. Here I am, here I am. On the other side, he also answers that help is, is close, 
right, that help is close. And again, he does it three times. And so, subhanAllah, um, at this point, right, of course, she goes, right? She she asked the Prophet وسلم, um, you know, uh, about this, right? Like, did I hear did I hear you correctly? She wants to confirm, right? I know you went to make wudu uh, to stand in the night for the night prayers. I just want to confirm that's what you said. And he confirms with her, right? And again, there's this beautiful opportunity when we get to see in the wives of the Prophet uh, this, you know, things that the public doesn't get to see, right? So the public sees the Prophet وسلم, in this, in this, um in this moment of response to Amr. But what the wise with the you know what the Umuhat and Mu'minin give us is an insight into how the Prophet not just in terms of his um private life, in terms of how he was with his spouses, but those private moments, even uh, when he's talking with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in 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 a way that's uh, that we don't always get to see or to hear about in public. And so this is one of those uh beautiful moments, subhanAllah. They're one of the few times that we hear uh from Maymuna, right? And um Muhammad. So now the Quraysh know we've done a bad thing. The Quraysh are fully aware. Like, this is going to create problems. And so what I uh, love about this is that what we're seeing is that on the side of the believer, there is this sense, again, this sense of a surety that's happening. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is literally comforting the heart of the Prophet sallallahu and giving him this certainty, right, that he, he's saying, help is near and he anytime the prophet repeats something three times he's doing it for a sense of emphasis right to like it's 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 sealed it's sealed it's sealed and so as the prophet وسلم, is is sure of the of the decree of allah which means he's sure that if this is a, if this is the divine decree of allah then allah has is also going to send his help that allah ta'ala is also going to intervene that this is that moment right that this is that opportunity so when he's becoming more sealed and sure of that right he's becoming allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving him this assurity the quraysh those who have committed this treachery they are actually literally coming apart on the inside. They're, they're, they're literally being eaten up by their own hypocrisy. They're being eaten up by their own treachery and betrayal. Their own lack of sincerity is eating them up from the inside. And so um, the Prophet وسلم, is approached Right after uh, about three days, the Prophet is approached, and you know, he comes and they say, Okay, Abu Sufyan, they, they make it known. They say to the Prophet, uh, Abu Sufyan is, is coming, right, to strengthen your treaty and to ask for more time. He's, he's coming to ask, right, that they, that they reinstitute the treaty. 
that, you know, uh, and now mind you, as the Prophet ﷺ was in council, Abu Sufyan was also in council. He was in council with the leaders in Mecca. And eventually they, you know, they make it very clear, okay, we've got to go speak to the Prophet ﷺ. And so they come with the attempt to renew the treaty. And subhanAllah, during the time that Abu Sufyan uh, comes to the Prophet Wasallam, uh, you know, in Medina, the Prophet Sallallahu he went to visit his daughter, Um Habiba, right? And so Um Habiba is the daughter of Abu Sufyan. Abu Sufyan goes to visit his daughter and his daughter, right, is also one of the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so when Abu Sufyan comes, Right to visit the Prophet in the home of Um Habiba, it's a father, right? He's a father, he's going to visit his daughter. And he, when he enters and he's going to sit down, she pulls uh the carpet. There is a carpet, right? In and she and he's gonna sit on it, and she removes that carpet and she rolls it up. <laughs> right? She rolls it up and uh doesn't allow him to sit on it. And of course, this is something a father notices, like I'm coming to visit my own daughter and I'm not, I can't sit on your carpet. You're removing it from me. And, you know, of course he, he looks at her um, with a sense of concern as well as, you know, you know, he says to her, is this is like, I'm, and am I not good enough? right which which one is too good for the other is the carpet right not as the carpet too good for me or i'm not you know i'm i'm clearly not good enough for for this carpet and subhanallah uh, um habiba uh, Allah and uh, says to her father like no you're not worthy to sit where the messenger of allah والسلام, sits look at this love for the Prophet and devotion. And subhanAllah, this is this is like just an example that you love the Prophet more than you love your own family. And you're very clear. It's not just because, yes, of course, we should have been a wali dang, we have righteousness towards our parents. That's not even a question. But in this moment, he is not only her father, he is actually uh, someone who is a warring disbeliever. He is actually someone who has attacked the Prophet وسلم, as well as the Muslims. And she's very clear about, although I'm respecting, I'm respectful of you, I'm allowing you in my home. However, don't, I am not confused about who you are, that you are currently an enemy. Right? You are currently an enemy, not only to the Messenger of Allah, but currently an enemy to the Prophet. And she just, that gesture, right? That gesture, uh, she tells him, you're, you're unclean, right? Uh, and I don't want you to sit on this carpet. Uh, and so he, he immediately responds to her, like, since you've left me, you've become, like, you've just become spoiled. You've just become something else. Right, that you're no longer uh, the pure daughter that I had before. He wants to kind of retort to her, uh, Subhanallah. And it, it, when he goes, you know, Abu Sufyan goes to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and and you know asks the Prophet doesn't give him any answer. He asked in order to restore the treaty, and the the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
turns his face, does not give him an answer, right? Even, subhanAllah, look at this. Then there's even a sense of, uh, I don't agree with you, right? But to tell you straight, no, like this. Even, even there's a gentleness about this with the Prophet And so then Abu Sufyan goes to Abu Bakr, right? And he uh, asks Abu Bakr, like, you know, can you speak, right? Can you speak to uh, Muhammad وسلم, Can you speak to him on my behalf? Like I've, you know, I went and asked to speak to him uh, and he, he's, re he's refusing. And so that doesn't work. Abu Bakr also has the same response as Abu Bakr does, right? Like if the messenger of Allah has refused you, you're going to get the same response from me, right? There's no, you will not find a soft spot you will not find me advocating for someone that the Prophet has rejected. You will not find me advocating for them. Like Abu Bakr is whatever the Prophet says, that's that's his stance. And so he he goes to Omar ibn al-Khattab. And I laugh a bit because I, I find that subhanAllah, this is a case where uh you one should be certain, right? One should be certain that definitely not Omar. Definitely, definitely, definitely uh not Omar. And subhanAllah, uh, he goes, of course, to win over Omar and then Ali and Fatima. Uh, but they all said, you know, they all have pretty much the same answer. Like, we, this is not a matter that we could even speak to. This is not a matter that we would be able to enter into any type of agreement with you. Right, like if the messenger of Allah has not spoken to you about this, if he has not, and and look at the Prophet he knows that Allah Azawajan has given, right? He's clear that Allah Subhanahu what that that Allah is going to use it as a means of khair for the believers. He's clear about that, but he doesn't know how yet. He doesn't know how. And this is important because what, what the messenger of Allah is saying is like, he's not going to jump ahead. And like, I know that Allah is going to do it, but he's not going to jump ahead quickly to say, boom, this is how we're going to handle it. There's a silence and inside of that silence. Of course, there's clearly a refusal. I'm not, but I'm not going to speak to the details because he hasn't received them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet. All right. And so, and as a result, of course, uh, that's the case. Omar and Ali and Fatima, they're, they're the same, right? They, they stand on the same. Like if he hasn't given you an answer, I have no answer for you either. And nor can you, can you try to negotiate or bend my ear about this. Um, because of course, the final word is with the messenger of Allah, Abu Sufyan uh, becomes deeply like, what should I do? Right? Not, not knowing, right? He he leaves with this this sense of, um, I don't have a, I didn't get a solution. I came seeking some kind of you know solution, recognizing. But of course, the matter is quite severe. The the breaking of the treaty alone is quite severe. But in addition to the manner in which members of Bani Huzah were murdered, was too severe. You're not going to get this. Is you're not going to uh, get out of this without any justice. There has to be justice. There has to be, uh, you know, just as you would have held us to that same treaty, to that same agreement, to that same peace agreement. 
the same has to happen. And it happens under your watch, happens under the watch of Abu Sufyan. So there is a sense of uh, accountability. The Prophet وسلم, uh, actually tells the Muslims, he asked the Muslims to start preparing for a ghazwa, preparing for possibly a, a war expedition, right? He tells them, get ready, right? And uh, that they should, you know, prepare themselves, but in secret, that they shouldn't mention it to anyone. Then, you know, he goes to a select group of people and says, you know what, we're going to, it's almost as if he's saying, well, they attacked in secret, then they shall get in return, right? But he's he's doing it, he's doing it quietly uh, as he's waiting, of course, on the Qadr of Allah. He's waiting on Allah's final decree and how it will go. And so uh, later he announces that he's going to Mecca uh, and he orders them to get ready. He said, oh Allah, I impede the informers of the Quraysh so that we can take Mecca by surprise, right? Uh, he left Medina, the Prophet وسلم, departed from Medina with 10,000 men. At this time, it happens uh, in, the, in the eighth year of the Hijrah, uh, in the eighth year of the Hijrah, in the month of Ramadan, right? Uh, and 10,000 men actually come with him. And they keep going as far as Mar Zahra, right? And they set up camp outside of Mecca. Right. And at this particular point, the Quraysh have no idea. The Quraysh has no idea. They're completely uh, confused, not knowing what the Prophet وسلم, is going to do, having, you know, Abu Sufyan having left Medina with no uh, with no no answer, no response, uh, you know, not even the, the possibility of restoring the treaty. Is there going to be some kind of negotiation? Can they get more time? None of that. And so even the Muslims at this particular point, uh, there is a, you know, there is a, like, where they're not sure. There's another sign, right? Like, they're not sure exactly. They've The Prophet Sallallahu told them to prepare for war, but now they're camping outside and they're not sure yet, even of the strategy. And so on the on the way, uh, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu meets, you know, uh, happens to meet Abu Sufyan and Harith, uh, and he ignores him, right? He ignores him. Um, you know, and he ignores him because there's like, he's already suffered so much. He's already suffered, uh, you know, the insults and the persecution. And so uh, as there's been all of this complaining, right, um, you know, there's still like this, this feeling. Um, and so finally, Abu Sufyan is advised by Adi ibn Abi Talib, uh, and he he says, go to the Prophet وسلم, right? And say to the Prophet وسلم, what the brother said to Yusuf, right? My Allah, Allah has preferred you to us and we were indeed from the sinful. He tells him, like basically go with humility. Go with humility. Go with a sense of awe. Uh, yeah, a sense of, of the recognition and admit that you have done something wrong, right? And when you go with that, that's the, that's, the, that's the most Ali can advise him. My advice to you is to fess up. My advice to you is to not ask for negotiation. 
my advice to you is not to ask for, uh, you know, for the restoration of the treaty that you broke. My advice to you is not to ask for more time. My advice to you is to go, you know, say that you swear by Allah that clearly, that clearly you are ahead of this in this matter. That clearly Allah has chosen you. And we're from the dhalimin. We're from those who are sinful. Right? He tells them, listen, you should do what the brothers of Yusuf did. They come and, and there's a, a sense of humility. Right? When they recognize, when the brothers of Yusuf admit and recognize who Yusuf is, how Allah has now, wow, taken him, him from one state and now he's at this high state, this high rank, this high station. Right, and they when they see it, like after all the wrong they've done, Allah has still chosen him for greatness. So they look at Subhanallah. We we were the ones who insulted him. We were the ones who harmed him. We're the ones who who uh, physically abused him. We you know not only him but anyone who was associated with him. We threw him out. We kicked him out, and yet now he is the leader. Of he's the leader of a, a great people, and they are, and they're honorable people, and other people honor them. Right? That they have good, they're they're people of strong character. Let me admit that he's better than me. And I that I am the wrongdoer. And so subhanAllah, uh, at this moment, you know, the Prophet send them, right? It's like, hmm. 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 And so Abu Sufyan, right, goes and, and does exactly, right? Abu Sufyan goes and does uh, exactly what Ali ibn Abi Talib has instructed him to do, right? And so in this moment, he it, there, it's beyond just the admit that Allah has chosen you. Abu Sufyan turns in his heart. Right, turns in his heart. Like he recognizes that it's not just Allah, like Allah choosing you out of like for political reasons, or that Allah has chosen you to just be victorious over us, or even that Allah has chosen, has made it known that you have better character, but that Allah has shown me that you are that you are on the right path and that I am on the wrong path. Right. And so in this moment, Abu Sufyan accepts Islam. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Right? And in that moment where he goes to the Prophet وسلم, and he sits in front of the Messenger of Allah and it's, it's, it's not just the admit of, of wrongdoing. It's the acceptance that subhanAllah, Allah La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when Abu Sufyan recognizes this, when Abu Sufyan recognizes this, he turns in his kufr, he trades his kufr for iman. He trades his hard heart, right? His, his, uh, for, for a new one. Right? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, replies, uh that have no fear this day right that allahu ghafurur rahim the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam tells like look at this 
Like as you turn your heart, this is, a, you take one step toward Allah, Azawajal, you move toward Allah, Allah will come. You take one step, Allah will take 10 to come close to you. You come to Allah walking, Allah will come to you with speed. Right? Abu Sufyan turns his heart over to Allah and his messenger. And the messenger of Allah, he tells him, now have no fear. Now, right? Now, like it's finished. Now that you've done this, right? Now that you, that, that, that was the only thing by you seeking refuge in Allah, right? By seeking refuge in Allah, you've been granted refuge. By seeking refuge in the one who grants refuge, who is Assalam, now you shall enjoy peace, right? You are forgiven. Subhanallah and 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 welcomes him to the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal. Right. And from this moment forward, it's known that Abu Sufyan, uh, now we can say that Abu Sufyan never raises his head. He never speaks to the Prophet with any sort of not only superiority. He never even raises his head to the Prophet as if to speak to him leader to leader, not as if to speak to him as if they were equals or as if they were peers. Abu Sufyan at this point is known to always adjust the Prophet them out of that with a lowered head, right? And a curved back. Does he does he speak to the Prophet? them? Of course, because they he, it remains in him a deep sense of shame, right? A deep sense of shame of how uh, he could have been so blind all of that time. And not only, you know, was he blind, but that he was hurtful, that like he was harmful in that and so uh subhanallah at this point at this moment uh the prophet send them right he orders like basically they're they're on the outskirts of mecca when this happens he orders like let the campfires be lit right uh and so it's like the uh, even abu sufyan says you know i've never seen so many so many fires right? Or such an army. Like, as if you can imagine, remember the Prophet comes with 10,000. So for the Prophet ordered lit, light the campfires. <laughs> light the campfires. If you can imagine, it's like the, the outside of Mecca is lit up, right? And Abu Sufyan himself is like, I've never seen so many campfires. Someone who started as a few, a handful, has now come, who left Mecca as a refugee, who left Mecca as a refugee, uh, a persecuted small group of people, come back to Mecca in a very short time, in only eight years, comes back with an army of 10,000 of all different types of people, and even with his own allies, subhanAllah. This becomes a, a testimony that Allah Azawajal is on his side, subhanAllah. Uh, and this, of course, right, when when this happens, right, Abbas ibn Abu Talib, he's already left Mecca with his wife and, and children as a, as a muhajir. 
and has joined the Muslim army. So as the, the campfires are, are now lit, right? Their Muslims who are in Mecca are now coming out to join, right? The, the Muslims uh, of Medina, they're coming, they see, right? Like the, the fire of Islam, the fire of Iman has been lit. The, the fire of fatha, the fire of success, of victory has been lit, subhanAllah. And so those who have been uh, hiding out in, in Mecca and the Prophet actually prior to that, um, during the truce, uh, during the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, he sent the message to the Muslims in Mecca, right? Your success is, is close, right? Like the opening is close. Practice your Islam, right? Openly, you're okay now. That's during the time of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, the Prophet tells them this. So now, to be, you know, can you imagine if you've been trapped inside of Mecca because of your family or um, because of other means, you weren't able to migrate, right? You've been trapped inside of Mecca and you get this message like, wow, after all these years of suffering, after all these years of persecution, like the Prophet is saying that, like, we're finally going to taste the sweetness of peace, the, the, the sweetness of victory over this persecution, subhanAllah. And so when they now see it lit, the outskirts of Mecca lit up, their hearts are just overjoyed, just full of just such happiness. And of course, they run out, uh, they come out to meet the Muslims and to join them uh, in these particular camps, subhanAllah, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. And so at this time, of course, now after Abu Sufyan, right, it has become a Muslim, right? Uh, and it has testified that this, this is something that, of course, now all the other Muslims have to embrace him as their brother in Islam. Because now he's he's on their side. He's literally blessed Mecca. He's come on their side. And now he's amongst them. And he's claiming to be a Muslim, subhanAllah. Even the test in that, even inside of that, there is a test for the believers. Like, you were the one. You killed so many of our brothers and our sisters and our parents. And you've, you've been such a, a, a thorn in our side. You've been such an enemy. And now... The moment you say la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi just as quickly as that, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi tells him that you shall enjoy the mercy of Allah. Allahu ghafurur rahim. Feel at peace. Now the Muslims also have to act in kind. They have to look at him as their brother. Subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. And at this moment, um, you know, of course, now the Muslims, for the, we're, for the sake of time, we've got to go into our Q&A session. Uh, of course, it, it's not long after this that the Prophet tells the, the Muslims to enter into Mecca, right? to enter into Mecca. And as they're going, of course, there's, there's this deep uh, overwhelming, right? There's this, this deep overwhelming uh, joy of course, that's in their hearts. And as they're just, you know, uh, just full of so much, just feel just full of so much. Um, also, a, a sense of, of um, vindication, right? But the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he enters 
with his beard on his chest. He enters with his beard on his chest. He's in a state, subhanAllah, of absolute humility. Right? He's in a state of absolute humility. But subhanAllah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he could have entered, entered with a, a much different attitude, an attitude of like, yeah, you remember what you did to me? Uh, of reminding them of their treachery, reminding them of their viciousness, viciousness and their wickedness. But instead, the Prophet ﷺ, who initially came for war, recognizing how Allah has turned the tides, how Allah has turned the heart of Abu Sufyan, right? And as a result, like if the, the leader of the Quraysh has become Muslim, khalas. That's it. The doors of Mecca are open to the Muslims as he's entering in. He has a choice. He could say, well, that's just for Abu Sufyan. He could say the, the amnesty, right, the forgiveness, the mercy is only for Abu Sufyan. But the Prophet literally grants amnesty to everyone in Mecca. Right? So that that day, the next day after the lit fires, no one is killed. They enter into Mecca without any bloodshed. No bloodshed, subhanAllah, right? Only those people who are looking for a fight, who are saying, you know, I'm only the Meccans who are like, I'm looking for a fight. I'm coming, you know, they're the only ones at, at, at risk of losing their life. Everyone else, the Prophet them is granted a complete and total amnesty, right? And, the, and it's known, right? It becomes known that whoever enters the house of Abu Sufyan is safe. Whoever locks their door is safe, right? Whoever enters the mosque is safe. And the, the Prophet ﷺ told his army, do not use your arms against anyone, right? When they entered Mecca, except, right, if they're looking for a fight. If they're looking for a fight, that's a different case. <laughs> right? That's a different case. If they're asking for it and they're fighting for it, right? But other than that, they're granted amnesty, subhanAllah. And he tells them, like, literally, don't do to them what they did to us. For there, as uh, the Lion of the Desert, Omar said, like, they're not our teachers. We shall not commit the treachery and the wretchedness that they did to us. We shall not return it. We shall actually return it with salam. We shall return their ignorance with salam. Subhanallah. And so um, he, he orders the army that their property and nor their possessions, right, are, are to be touched or to be harmed, right? That uh, and that nothing should be destroyed. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Habibina Mawlana Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Because we are at uh, five minutes and I want the opportunity to answer questions, inshallah, I'm going to leave it there. Of course, Fatah Mecca is something that is, um, you know, it's something that there's so much to it. There's so, uh, it's such a full topic in order to cover. Um, and then we'll end on this, right? We'll end on this. Uh, so after, you know, the Muslims are entering and they're, they're, they're like surging like a sea, right? Uh, entering into just with such joy and with such happiness, and, you know, that there's, there isn't this, you know, resistance, there isn't this fight, there's no bloodshed that's, that's happening. Uh, and so uh, Abu Sufyan says Abbas said, you know, 
uh, Abbas says, oh, Abu Sufyan, this is not a kingdom, right? Like we didn't come for the sake of a kingdom. We didn't come for the sake of, uh, to, to, for colonialism. We didn't come for to conquer for the sake of world, for, for worldly things. This is not, uh, like this is not a kingdom. This is prophethood, right? Like this is prophethood. He didn't come when, when remember, when the prophet, he's reminding him, remember when, when it was offered to the prophet like if you want to be a king, we'll make you a king. You want women, we'll give you women. You want this, you want power, you want. He didn't come from, he didn't come for power. He didn't come for, you know, political gain. He came for the sake of to guide you to la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And so, uh, subhanAllah, on the, it was on a Jum'ah, on Yoma, the morning of Jum'ah, uh, on the 20th of Ramadan, in the eighth year of the Hijrah, that the Prophet entered into Mecca. And subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him, granted him the victory uh, that he had been so desperately wanting, returning him back, just as um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returned Musa back to his mother as a messenger. And the Prophet is returned back to Mecca and subhanAllah with his chin uh, touching his chest, you know, and him so close to the back of his camel, right? That he's sitting so humbly on the back of his camel. Uh, he's reciting Surah Al-Fat right, as he's entering into Mecca. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted him, right? One of the, the greatest, right? And, you know, it's important also just to mention, like, as the Prophet وسلم, is entering into Mecca, Osama ibn Zayd is behind him. And Osama ibn Zayd, this is such a, um, it, it's a victory that Islam proves to be a victory. Not only uh, when we look at it in terms of how, when Islam was victorious, that means justice was victorious. That means it's the it's not it's not just the end of these physical idols. It's the end of the the idol of the self, right? It's the end of the idol of the self. So this now slavery is is like slavery is over in this sense, meaning that who is leading, right? Who is entering into Mecca? With the Prophet them, except the son of a former slave, right? Entering with uh with this victory. That this victory of Islam coming is it's a new day. That before, just as the Prophet them, had entered into Mecca and the into Medina, and the sun sh uh, shine never shines like it did the day the Prophet them, entered into Medina. It's the same that the day that the Prophet them, returned back to Mecca, the sun never shined like it did this day because it meant it's a new day. It's a new day in the world. There's a there's a new understanding that has come. That truly, right, the way of Allah has replaced the way of the idolaters, the way of disbelief. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us never to return back to it mentally or spiritually. Jazakumullah al-khair. 
Oh Allah, we ask you by your mercy that you grant us a true victory, that you allow us, Ya Rabbi, to enter into Jannatul Firdaus with the Prophet just as you returned him back to Mecca. Allah, make us amongst those who have your victory for dunya wa akhirah. Make us amongst those that you have granted your forgiveness, Ya Rabbi, your complete pardon, Ya Rahim Rahimin. Wa sallallahu alayhi Sayyidina Muhammad wa alayhi wa sallam. Thank you for tuning in. Please consider becoming a monthly sustainer by joining 1,000 Hearts of Ta'lif and committing to give $3 a day to keep this work coming to seekers, youth, and newcomers to Islam. Sign up today at www.ta'leefcollective.org forward slash donate. We hope you enjoyed the variety of sessions available and hope you benefit immensely. Allah bless you and Allah bless your loved ones.